Welcome to Crime, Coffee, and Convo, a true crime podcast for all you true crime junkies out there. A show designed to dig a little deeper into the stories that once captivated and haunted a nation, as well as stories you probably haven't ever heard of. We take some of the most shocking real-life crime stories and break them down for you piece by piece, case by case. Grab your favorite coffee or beverage, and let's get into today's episode. Get ready as she takes you on this chilling journey through real-life crime. Here's your crime, coffee, and convo host, Crystal Gray. Hey everyone, and thank you for joining me in Season 1, Episode 1 of Crime, Coffee, and Convo Podcast. I'm Crystal Gray, and I will be your host for this podcast. I'm going to take you inside of true crime cases from around the world. Some of these cases you may have heard of before, and some of these cases you may not have. I'm going to take you inside of these cases, piece by piece, case by case. Now let's go ahead and get started on today's case. Our very first case is about a father and daughter, Ronald Lee McMullen Jr. and Kaylee Jo McMullen. Now they're from Norman, Oklahoma. On the early morning of June 29, 2017, at approximately 5.42 a.m., Ronald McMullen made a 911 call to the Cleveland County, Oklahoma Emergency Service. He told the 911 dispatcher that his 22-year-old daughter shot herself. Now let's go ahead and listen to that 911 call now. Norman 911, what's the location of your emergency? Uh, Abe Martin. Abe Martin? Yes. Your name and phone number? Ronnie McMullen. Um, okay, what's the problem there? My daughter is shot. Your daughter was shot? Yes, just just come to this address, sir, please. Sir, do not hang up. Did she do it to herself? Yes. 20, okay. Is there any way she can still be alive? I don't know. Thank you. I don't know what to do. I'm Okay, sir, I'm trying to help you. Try and stay calm, okay? Just We're, come here. Sir, they are on the way. You talking to me is not slowing them down, okay? Okay. Okay, where is she shot at? In the face. How old is she? 22. Okay. Can you see her breathing at all? No. Okay. Is she cold or changing color? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. I just don't know. Okay. Are you are you able to go to her to find out if she's breathing? Yes. Okay. Let me know when you are by her. I'm by her. Okay. Do you see or feel any breathing? She is not breathing. Okay. Do you know, did you hear a shot? Yes. Okay, so this just happened? Yes. Okay. Do you want us to try CPR? I guess, yeah. Okay. Is she flat on the ground? Yes. Okay. 
Again, there is help on the way to, to help you, okay? Okay. I want you to lay her flat on her back, on the ground. She's on her back. Okay. Again, I, I moved her from where she was into the living room. Okay. I want you to place your hand on her forehead, your other hand under, yes. your other hand under her neck, and tilt the, help, the head back. Okay. Put your ear next to her mouth. Can you feel or hear any breathing? She's gone. I'm telling you, she's gone. Okay. She's not breathing. Okay, so you don't think we should try CPR? I don't know. I'm pushing on her chest. I'm just telling you, she's gone. Okay. Do you know how to do CPR? Kind of. I just, I don't know what to do. Okay. Again, they are on the way to help you, okay? I don't know what to do. I think mean, she's gone. What, what, do you know what kind of gun it was, sir? It's a pistol. Do you know what caliber? Uh, 38, 357. 38 pistol. Okay. I want you to pump her chest hard and fast at least twice per second, two inches deep. Okay. I'm doing it. Okay. Let the chest come all the way up between pumps. You're going to do this yes. 100 times or until the fire department's there to take over for you, okay? Okay. Are you able to get that meal there? Now, let's go back a little bit. Let's get a little bit of history on Kayleen. Now, Kaylee Jo McMullen was born to Ronald and Karen McMullen on December 20th, 1994, in Norman, Oklahoma. At eight years old, Kaylee joined the Oklahoma Twister All-Star cheerleading team. And that is when Kaylee realized that she had a natural talent for cheerleading. She traveled all over the country competing at cheer competitions, including cheerleading worlds in Orlando, Florida. She started school cheer in eighth grade and cheered through high school. During her senior year, she served as varsity co-captain. She led her squad to win the 2012-2013 6A state title. Kaylee had a great passion for helping people, and she really loved animals. She owned dogs, she owned a cat, she owned hermit crabs, mice, and rats throughout her years of growing up. Her friends described her as having a bubbly personality. She was quick-witted and had a quirky sense of humor. And they all said that she loved all genres of music. And she loved hanging out with friends. After Kaylee graduated high school in 2013, she attended Bible College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. In 2015, she returned to Norman, Oklahoma, where she earned her EMT certificate. Now, Kaylee was always described as being the entertainer. She loved to make people laugh, and she was famous for her elaborate costumes that she would put together when the occasion arose. She loved family time. She was strong in her faith. She grew up attending Goodrich Memorial United Methodist Church, and her friends described her as being a good and loyal friend. At the time of her death, she was employed at CSL Plasma, and she was an EMT at Norman Regional EMS STAT. Now, back in 2007, when Kaylee was around the age of 14, Department of Human Services and investigators had investigated claims that Ronald had been molesting Kaylee. And the only thing that I could find among documents and online articles was that it was just a claim that was made that she had confided in people that 
he had been messing with her and um apparently he was made to stay away from her um for an extended period of time there were never any charges filed against him in the courts so i'm not sure if he did if he didn't but he was made to stay away from her for a certain period of time so let's fast forward to april of 2017. now according to court documents several of kaylee's friends and an ex-boyfriend kaylee had confided in she had told them about her dad ronald hitting her and well slapping her and making her nose bleed and that her mom pulled a gun out on him for him inappropriately touching her now in 2017 she was 22 years old and the fact that he's still inappropriately messing with her is uncalled for the fact that he's doing it period is uncalled for um, according to court documents, Kaylee's friend, Sonia Hester, Kaylee told her that her dad hit her and made her nosebleed. This was in April of 2017. She told her that her mom pulled a gun on him. Kaylee's ex-boyfriend, Paul Sargent, testified that she called him crying in April of 2017, months before she passed away. He said, quote, she told me that earlier in the night, her mother had pulled a gun on her father after he had slapped her and she had gone to bed with her mother. Sergeant testified, quote, while she was sleeping with her mom, her dad slid in behind her and started trying to touch her in appropriately. And she slid forward against her mother's back. Megan Swan, another of Kaylee's friends, also repeated the same story about how Ronald allegedly slapped Kaylee in the face during a heated exchange, how her mom allegedly pulled a gun on Ronald and threatened to touch her daughter again, and how he later slipped into their bed and allegedly Fondled the 22-year-old. Now, these are all friends that Kaylee confided in. And Paul Sargent is an ex-boyfriend. She told all this to all them at separate times, in text messages, and or verbally. And, you know, there has to be truth to it. Now, Megan Swan, one of Kaylee's friends, described Kaylee and Ronald's relationship as very close. That is a quote from her. That they drank alcohol together. Megan said, quote, they had a closer, more friendly relationship than I would say I had with my dad, end quote. More like friends, she said. So it was already apparent to Kaylee's friends that Ronald and Kaylee's relationship was more of a friend relationship than a father-daughter relationship. So there was already suspicions about their relationship in the first place that Ronald wanted to be more of a friend than a father. So, it already makes it suspicious, you know, in that exchange. Kaylee's mother and father have been married for years since Kaylee was born. They lived together in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, while Kaylee returned to Norman in 2015, she came home to live with her parents. However, according to her mother, Kaylee's unwillingness to follow house rules led to an argument, and then it was mutually agreed upon this is according to her mother, that she would move in with her grandparents, which happened in late 2016. So, according to Karen McMullen, Kaylee's mother, since Kaylee didn't want to follow the house rules, that she would go live with her grandparents. Now, her grandparents lived right behind Ronald and Karen. Okay? So, basically, she lived in the backyard of her parents. Now, there was an incident that not sure of the year because 
that wasn't clear in documents where Ronald punished Katie for drinking and smoking. He had her help him drink an entire bottle of whiskey until she drank enough of it that it caused her to vomit. He also, around the same time, had her smoke multiple cigarettes back-to-back until she got sick as a punishment to keep her from smoking or drinking. Now, this was supposed to be some unconventional way of parenting. Um, I don't care what kind of unconventional way that you parent. That's not, in my opinion, you don't parent that way. You don't give them something to make them sick because you can't give them alcohol poisoning. Anyhow, going back to April of 2017, of the inappropriate touching. Now, court records indicate that they had pulled up text messages from Ronald and Kaylee's phone. Kaylee sent Ronald a text that said, Daddy, you made me uncomfortable the other night when we were drinking. You got in bed with me and Mom, and you touched me inappropriately. Ronald said, Whoa, I don't remember anything except your mom getting mad and pointing a pistol at me and wiping up blood from the hall. Kaylee responded, Maybe you don't remember it, but I do. It made me sad and confused and disgusted as a whole. And the text messages pretty much end from that point. So, you know, he has selective memory from what I can gather from that. He remembered part of it, but not all of it. So, fast forward to the night of June 28, 2017, Kaylee went on a date. During her date, text messages show that her father kept texting her and warned her that she either gets home or he will come and get her and bring her home. You know, I pretty much took it as, you know, you're out on a date, you need to be with me, and that's just the way it is. You either come home to me or I'm going to come get you and drag you out is basically the way it went. So, you know, she didn't come home immediately, but it is estimated that Kaylee got back to her parents' house around 1 a.m., on June 29, 2017. According to Ronald, Kaylee said her date went really well. She said everything went good, according to him. He said that him and Kaylee were drinking vodka and listening to music and watching TV after Kaylee got home. He told detectives that he went to the bathroom. When he came back, Kaylee was messing around with the revolver. He said, she said, it's empty. He told the detectives, he said, it doesn't matter. He said she pointed it at herself. He said, I go to take it away from her, and it popped right in her face. Now, according to experts, the shooting occurred about five between 5.15 and 5.30. Now, Ronald and Kaylee were the only ones in the house at the time. Karen, Kaylee's mother, was a nurse, and she's working night shift at the time. Before calling the police, Ronald called Karen, but he didn't call Karen until 5.38. Karen left work, and then... A few minutes later, Ronald called the police, and then the police responded a few minutes later. When the police arrived at the house, the mother was performing CPR on Kaylee in the living room. Now, 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 here's the kicker. According to the law enforcement crime scene specialists who were at the scene, the shooting occurred in the kitchen. Elizabeth Retief, a forensic specialist with the Norman Police Department, testified that Kaylee appeared to lie on the floor after suffering the gunshot wound for a little while before her body was drugged from the kitchen into the living room, which on the 911 call, if you remember, he did say that he moved her. Retief testified that a towel was found in the kitchen near the possible location of the shooting. She said her first impression was that someone had attempted to clean up the scene but quickly abandoned the attempt. The crime scene shown footprints, 
that led from the kitchen to the living room. The footprints dissipated with each step, with no footprints visible directly near the body. According to McMullen's interview with the police after the shooting, he moved her body because the living room had more space to administer CPR, which, if you remember, he did say that in the 911 call. Photographs from the scene show her body was moved between the living room couch and a wall close to the front door of the house. The gun that was most likely used in the shooting is a Winchester 357 Magnum revolver, according to testimony. Police found a gun on a coffee table in the living room. Now, here, here's some odd things. Now, let's talk about how Ronald was acting when the police arrived at the scene. I think you'll find this very interesting. So, when the police arrived at the scene, Karen, Kaylee's mother, was performing CPR on her in the living room, okay? The medics took over the CPR. Norman Police Lieutenant Chris Vinson says he was immediately suspicious that Ronald was involved, in part because he was drenched in his daughter's blood. And he let Karen answer all the questions for him. He was not answering questions like he thought um, Ronald should. Lieutenant Vinson said it seems like he would just be quiet and let his wife answer the questions. Vinson said he had blood all over him. It was in his hair. It was in his face, inside of his shirt. It was everywhere. Now, it was already described that Ronald had two shirts on. He had a tank top and he had a shirt underneath that. Well, body cam footage shows Ronald trying to wipe blood off his hands and face with a towel and ignoring commands to stop. They were trying to take pictures of everything, and he just wouldn't stop. Police officer Aaron D. said he tried to take a towel away from Ronald to preserve the evidence. Ronald's wife had to tell him to give Officer D. the towel. Well, Ronald was slow to release it. The towel was eventually snatched away from him, despite repeated demands that he stop wiping the blood away. He just wouldn't quit. Well, body cam footage from officers also showed Ronald on his front porch, rocking back and forth, making sounds, but not talking. He was being covered by his wife as officers stood guard in the minutes after Kaylee's body was discovered inside. In a separate video clip, McMullen is seen face down on the ground and covering himself with dirt, rubbing his arms on the ground, rubbing his feet in the dirt and on the concrete. This was in the entryway of the home, which borders a grassy front lawn where he laid down in the dirt. He had even tried to dig a small hole to bury himself in. Now, if you have nothing to hide, why are you doing that? I don't understand that. You're sitting here trying to wipe everything away. You are drenched in, in blood completely. If she done it to herself, why are you so covered? Makes no sense to me. None. Now, Dr. Mark Harrison performed Kaylee Joe McMullen's autopsy. Dr. Harrison ruled her death as a homicide in part because of the stippling pattern found on her face and the bullet's entry wound. Now, for those of you that don't know, stippling marks are the gunpowder residue that is released whenever a gun has been fired. He and other law enforcement officers have testified. Stippling is typically found in close proximity to where a gun has been fired and typically appears as tiny specks or marks when present on human skin. According to Dr. Harrison, Kaylee's autopsy revealed stippling marks on her face including her eyebrows, eyelids, and near her eyes. The bullet wound was located just below her left eye. The proximity or lack of stippling marks can be a good indication of how close the victim was to where the gun was fired. Harrison testified, Stippling is released from a gun in a cone-shaped fashion, and the particles spread apart the further that they travel from the gun. Harrison testified the stippling pattern on Kaylee's face was wide enough to determine that it was unlikely she fired the gun herself, indicating a possible homicide. Based on the findings from the autopsy and the stippling test, the state concluded 
that it was extremely unlikely that Kaylee fired the weapon. Now, the police arrested Ronald Lee McMullen Jr. on July 5, 2017. He was booked into Cleveland County Court Detention Center on charges of first-degree murder with deliberate intent. No bond was allowed. Okay, now, on July 12, 2017, he was officially charged with first-degree murder with deliberate intent. He was arraigned on March 14, 2018, and he pled not guilty. His trial didn't begin until September 24, 2019, and it lasted about two weeks. Now, during the trial, it was determined that Kaylee couldn't have pulled the trigger and killed herself. The gun had to have been 14 to 18 inches away for the bullet to have been shot the way that she was killed. Um, with the only two in the house being Kaylee and Ronald, and Ronald acting suspicious, calling Karen before 911, being drenched in blood through two shirts, his torso, laying in dirt, covering himself in dirt, rubbing his shoes in dirt and on concrete, digging a hole in the ground to lay in, plus moving Kaylee's body and trying to clean up the crime scene. Of course it makes Ronald the prime suspect. And don't forget the gun. The gun had been moved. Ronald admitted to that, of course. Now, Ronald's hands did test negative for GSR, gunshot residue. And Kaylee did test positive for gunshot residue on one of her hands. However, that can be discounted because of all the actions that Ronald had done prior to the police getting there and what he had done when they were there before he was questioned and the investigation had started. Okay, now get this. During the trial, now remember that Kaylee's friends and ex-boyfriend testified that Kaylee told them about Ronald slapping her, busting her nose, which bled, and then he slipped in the bed with her and her mother and touched her inappropriately. Get this. When Karen McMullen, remember that's Kaylee's mother, Ronald's wife, when she took the stand, Karen denied, completely denied it, said it never happened, that Ronald abused their daughter. She denied ever pulling a gun on him. She also said that she does not think that Ronald killed Kaylee. She doesn't think he did it. She also testified that she's been diagnosed with PTSD following Kaylee's death and that she takes medicine for it. She also said she doesn't remember much about the morning her daughter died. Prosecutor asked her, If you thought your husband murdered your daughter, would you still be married? No, Karen said. Okay, what the crap? Are you kidding me for real, lady? Are you for real? But hold on. Okay, here's the thing that Karen didn't even think about, though. Apparently, the text messages. That's right, the text messages. Remember when Kaylee and Ronald were texting and Ronald had replied back to Kaylee with, Whoa, I don't remember anything except your mom getting mad and pointing a pistol at me and wiping up blood from the hall. Mm-hmm. Remember that, Miss McMullen? See, apparently he remembers Miss McMullen pulling a pistol on him. What's wrong with Karen? Memory loss? Amnesia? Can't remember? He remembered. Kaylee remembered. Her friends remembered. Kaylee telling him about it. She can't remember that significant of a thing. Pulling a pistol on a man for messing with your daughter, but you don't think the man killed your daughter. Anyhow, the state made its case against Ronald, and the defense tried to make a case that Kaylee shot herself and pretty much made it seem like Kaylee was a liar and wanted attention all the time. Is what it all boils down to, pretty much. The defense also went as far as to bring in a computer-generated 3D reenactment of what they think happened that night. Or that morning, I shall say. Which was the first time that had ever happened in Oklahoma court. After all that was said and done, on October 2nd, 2019, closing arguments were finished and the jurors were given their instructions to begin their deliberations. It took the jurors less than four hours to come back with a verdict. And their verdict was guilty. Ronald Lee McMullen Jr. was found guilty of murder in the first degree with deliberate intent. The jury recommended that he get a fixed punishment with life without the possibility of parole. He was scheduled to come back for an official sentence 
on December 4th of 2019. So, on December 4th of 2019, Judge Thad H. Balkman from the Cleveland County Courthouse sentenced Ronald McMullen to life without the possibility of parole. Now, today, Ronald Lee McMullen Jr. is serving his prison term at the Joseph Harp Correctional Center in Lexington, Oklahoma. But get this. The prison is only 19.6 miles from the very house he murdered Kaylee at. Only 19 miles. Are you kidding me? 19 miles? You would think that they would put him in a prison far away from any family or friends and definitely away from the scene of the crime. He pretty much has it made in my honest opinion. His wife can come and visit whenever visitors are allowed and then she can go on her merry way. It's pretty much a walk in a park, so to speak. That's my thought. He's basically in the backyard of where he killed her. He, in my opinion, was a jealous, overbearing father with nasty thoughts. And he killed his daughter. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It was a uncalled for crime. Well, everyone, that concludes our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. In my first episode of Crime, Coffee, and Combo podcast, if you would like to stay connected and join in on the conversation about this case and all of our cases, hop on over to our Instagram and Facebook group page, Crime, Coffee, and Combo podcast. We will have additional content from our stories, from crime scene photos, victim photos, court documents, mugshots, questions about the case for you to answer so you can be part of the show. If you have enjoyed the show, please be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so that you can be sure to come back for another episode. Don't forget to rate the show as well. Remember, new episodes are always on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Don't forget to share with your friends, family, and social media. This helps me keep creating content for you. If there's a story you would like me to tell or look into, please email me at crimecoffeecombopodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, take care of yourself, each other, and be safe.